Chapter One of the Flight of the Shadow. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Flight of the Shadow by George MacDonald. Chapter One. Mrs. Day begins the story. I am old, else I think I should not have the courage to tell the story I am going to tell. All those concerned in it about whose feelings I am careful are gone where, thank God, there are no secrets. If they know what I am doing, I know they do not mind. If they were alive to read as I record, they might perhaps now and again look a little paler and wish the leaf turned. But to see the things set down would not make them unhappy. They do not love secrecy. Half the misery in the world comes from trying to look, instead of trying to be, what one is not. I would that not God only, but all good men and women might see me through and through. They would not be pleased with everything they saw, but then neither am I. And I would have no coals of fire in my soul's pockets. But my very nature would shudder at the thought of letting one person that loved a secret see into it. Such a one never sees things as they are, would not indeed see what was there, but something shaped and coloured after his own likeness. No one who loves and chooses a secret can be of the pure in heart that shall see God. Yet how shall I tell even who I am? Which of us is other than a secret to all but God? Which of us can tell with poorest approximation what he or she is? Not to touch the mystery of life, that one who is not myself has made me able to say I. How little can any of us tell about even those ancestors whose names we know? while yet the nature, and still more the character, of hundreds of them, have shared in determining what I means every time one of us utters the word. For myself, I remember neither father nor mother, nor one of their fathers or mothers. How little, then, can I say as to what I am? But I will tell as much as most of my readers, if ever I have any, will care to know. I come of a long yeoman line of the name of Witchcote. In Scotland the Witchcotes would have been called Lairds, in England they were not called squires. Repeatedly had younger sons of it risen to rank and honour, and in several generations would his property have entitled the head of the family to rank as a squire. But at the time when I began to be aware of existence, the family possessions had dwindled to one large farm on which I found myself. Naturally, while some of the family had risen, others had sunk in the social scale, and of the latter was Miss Martha Moon, far more to my life than can appear in my story. I should imagine there are few families in England covering a larger range of social difference than ours. But I began to think the chief difficulty in writing a book must be to keep out what does not belong to it. I may mention, however, my conviction that I owe many special delights to the gradual development of my race in certain special relations to the natural ways of the world. That I was myself brought up in such relations appears not enough to account for the intensity of my pleasure in things belonging to simplest life in everything of the open air in animals of all kinds in the economy of field and meadow and moor i can no more understand my delight in the sweet breath of a cow than i can explain the process by which that day in the garden but i must not forestall and i will say rather than i can account for the tears which now i am an old woman fill my eyes just as they used when i was a child at the sight of the year's first primrose a harebell much as I have always loved harebells, never moved me that way. Some will say the cause, whatever it be, lies in my nature, not in my ancestry. That anyhow it must have come first to someone, and why not to me? I answer, 
everything lies in every one of us but it has to be brought to the surface it grows a little in one more in that one's child more in that child's child and so on and on with curious breaks as of a river which every now and then takes to an underground course one thing i am sure of that however any good thing came i did not make it i can only be glad and thankful that in me it came to the surface to tell me how beautiful must he be who thought of it and made it in me then surely one is nearer if not to god himself yet to the things god loves in the country than amid ugly houses things that could not have been invented by god though he made the man that made them it is not the fashionable only that love the town and not the country the men and women who live in dirt and squalor their counterparts in this and worse things far more than they think are afraid of loneliness and hate god's lovely dark End of chapter one